scripture reading this morning will be from Psalm chapter 34, verses 1 through 8. Psalm 34, 1 through 8. I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. My soul makes its boast in the Lord. Let the humble hear and be glad. Oh, magnify me, magnify the Lord with me, and let us exalt his name together. I sought the Lord, and he answered me and delivered me from all my fears. Those who look to him are radiant, and their faces shall never be ashamed. This poor man cried, and the Lord heard him and saved him out of all his troubles. The angel of the Lord encamps around those who fear him and delivers them. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man who takes refuge in him. Grace to you and peace from God our Father and from the Lord Jesus Christ. It's good to see you. It's good to be back with you here. Uh, before we begin this morning, I just want to extend our thanks as a family to you as our church family uh, for being our support and our strength and our aid uh, over the past couple of weeks. Uh, you have uh, blessed us in so many ways by your calls and texts and your cards and your been such an immense uh, aid and strength to us uh, over the past couple of weeks. So um, thank you for that. Uh, we love you, and we know that you love us. We're very, very thankful for that. This past couple of weeks, in the midst of our mourning, the scripture that kept coming to my mind and that we prayed through, and that was written on many of the cards that were sent our way, was Psalm 34 and verse 18. That the Lord is near to the brokenhearted, and saves the crushed in spirit. And the irony of that verse didn't really strike me until these past two weeks. Because if I'm being honest, for me, in those initial hours of sorrow and grief, the Lord never felt farther away. And while that might startle some, it's maybe more familiar to others. But it would seem maybe quite a natural thing to feel that way, because the psalmist felt it as well, because even though he felt and attested rather to the fact that God was near in his sorrow, he didn't always appear to recognize that so easily, because it was the same writer who wrote in Psalm 22 and verses 1 and 2, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Why are you so far from saving me and from the words of my groaning? Oh my God, I cry by day, but you do not answer. 
and by night that I find no rest. And of course, our Lord and our Savior, in the depths of his agony, cried out and questioned this very thing. Quoting this psalm, expressing the very heart and culmination of all of human suffering. Have we been abandoned in our misery? Of course, the very fact that Jesus hung upon the cross and that he said such a thing was a resounding no to that question that we had not been abandoned, but that God, in fact, was near, nearer than he ever had been. But coming to grasp how God is near when we are brokenhearted and when we are crushed in spirit is another deeply personal trial that every Christian will work through at some point in their life. And so I just had a few thoughts for us this morning, and I won't keep us very long, that I've had as I've wrestled and tried to grapple with this text, and hopefully it'll help you in your grief as well. And the first is this, that God is near despite my perception, or maybe I should say despite my lack of perception. I'm very, I'm very thankful that Scripture is very real about the reality of suffering in this life. I would have been very disheartened if I would have opened Scripture during my time of affliction and found that it was nothing but rainbows. But Peter told the Christians in First. Peter 4 and verse 12, Beloved, do not be surprised at the fiery trial when it comes upon you to test you as though something strange was happening. I find that interesting that Peter says don't be surprised when it comes because it always takes us by surprise. The tragedy and suffering that it is. But what he means is don't think it's odd. You live in a fallen world. You live in a broken world. Don't be surprised. And, and even within this very psalm, the psalm that we read just a moment ago, where it's attesting to the goodness of God and to the, the certainty of his victory and his goodness, in verse 19 of that very same psalm, right after it says, the Lord is near to the brokenhearted, it says, many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivers him out of them all. And so... Scripture doesn't sugarcoat the present reality. It, it, it doesn't make us think that we're in anything other than a fallen world, a cursed world, a world that is cursed by the scourge of sin. But just as it treats the reality of these trials, it also sees the presence and the nearness of God to his people during their difficulties as just as real, whether or not we perceive it in that moment. Again, the, the very psalmist who at the time recognizes his inability to, to re realize that God is there. He cries out, says, you have forsaken me and you, you've left me. You're not here. That same psalmist is saying, but the Lord is near. So what he's saying is, I might not recognize it in that moment, but he is still there. And my own lack of perception, my own uh, lack of faith in that moment, whatever it is, does not change the fact that he is near like someone being in a dark room with you and, and you not being able to see them. And them saying, 
I'm right here. And even though you can't see them, it doesn't change the reality that they are, in fact, right there. But we may reach out in those moments through the darkness to assure ourselves that they are there. And so too, we, in the darkness of our tragedy, must struggle to reach out with the heart of faith to feel and to seek and to know the presence of God that is waiting for us. I don't know about you, but I find it extremely comforting to know that God remains near even in my weakness to recognize that reality. That he doesn't depart just because I die. The second thought I had was this. That God is near not only despite my lack of perception, but God is near through his people. There's a word that is used in this psalm that has special meaning for me now more than ever. And it's the word refuge. Verse 22, the Lord redeems the life of his servants. None of those who take refuge in him will be condemned. Refuge is a place of safety. It's a place of comfort during trial. It's a place that a person runs to when they have nowhere else to run. And when the world has broken you and beaten you to the point of despair, where do you go? Where do you go? For the believer, there is no other place during tragedy other than God. He is the only sure ground. And his refuge of safety is his people, his church. You, in so many ways, have been our refuge over the past few weeks. We have felt the nearness of God, his love, his grace, his comfort through you. And I couldn't help but think of 2 Corinthians 1, 3 and 4, when Paul said, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercy and the God of all comfort, who comforts us in our affliction, so that we may be able to comfort those who are in any affliction with the comfort with which we ourselves are comforted by God. And I, I think that this is a deeply important thing for us to remember as the church, that if God is near to his people through his people, if God extends his presence and his comfort through us to each other, then people may very well question the nearness of God in their heartbreak if we aren't there for them when they are hurting. And I, I think that that needs to be deeply on our hearts and our minds that whenever we hurt and whenever we sorrow, we gather around each other, as you have done for us in so many ways, so that people know that God is near. And it also means that as the refuge for the hurting of God's people, that we give people a place to hurt. That we don't expect them to heal on our timeline. That we patiently and gracefully become their safe place, which says, our world stops when yours doesn't. So God is near through his people. And then finally, God is near and ready to redeem our heartbreak. If you read this psalm, the entirety of it, 
you quickly see that the writer is absolutely confident of the victory and the good that God offers his people. He has an unflinching faith, even in the face of great affliction. And this is due to his faith that God will redeem. Verse 22, again, the Lord will redeem or redeems the life of his servant. That is, that God will buy back. He will restore. He will purchase back all the moments and all the goodness that this world has robbed from us. And we build our life on those promises. That the Lord will triumph over every tragedy. And this, I think, is an important fact that is carved into our hearts by pain and by loss. That as God's people, we live in the shadow of the second coming. That we are pilgrims. And pain reminds us of that. This world with its brokenness and sin, cursed by the stain of wickedness, is just an illusion. The real world is yet to come. As C.S. Lewis once wrote, this world which seems so substantial is no more than a shadowland. Real life has not begun yet. And so we wait for a new heaven and a new earth. We wait for the resurrection where there will be no more sickness, no more pain, no more tears, no more death anymore. And as we wait, we pray. pray, Lord, come. Lord, come. When things like this happen, when tragedy strikes, the immediate question, the natural question is why? That if you have ever suffered, you know that Answers rarely offer comfort. And so for the believer, it isn't really a question of why, but of who. I don't seek que- don't seek comfort in the answer to every mystery, but in the resolution of every tragedy, in the person, in the power, in the presence of the Lord. Because as this psalm declares, we have tasted and we have seen that the Lord is good. Even when my heart is broken, the Lord is good. And maybe even more so. So I say this with the most love and passion that I can. This world will break you If you face tragedy, in your life there is only one of two options. Either despair or faith. And we choose the way of faith. And the faith we have is true. And it has a living hope. The hope that has anchored me my entire life. 
and even more so now. Hope in the resurrection and in the glorification of the power of God. The gospel is the story of God taking the darkest moment in human history and turning it into a victory story. And if you allow him, he can do that to the darkest moment of your life as well. Because he is the God who is near to the brokenhearted. If you have any need, why don't you come? Together we stand as we sing.